Malachi, pastor and founder of Life's Word Ministry, along with my beautiful wife, Christine. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that what you hear will enrich, enhance, and encourage your life in a very special way. It is our endeavor to share a word with you that will help you to live hope and change. And now here's today's podcast. Welcome to another episode of the LWM Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Malachi, and as you know, LWM stands for Life's Word Ministry. I just want to take a little bit of time just to say thank you to each and every one of you that listens to the show every week, that support us financially. It really is a blessing to know that there are those out there that still love to hear a good word from the Lord. And that's my endeavor is to share a topic or subject that will encourage you and lift you up and build you up right where you are and to discuss topics that are relevant in your life. That's our endeavor to share a word with you to encourage you in your walk. Many of you know that I've written a brand new book called Pathway to Christ. So that seems to be the theme right now is walking for God and how we walk with God. What is our walk with God like? And that's something that's been placed in my spirit and placed on my heart to share with you because so many people need to know about walking with God and how to walk that pathway to Christ. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about walking with God. And after we come back from this short break, I'm going to tell you a little story about a farmer and his wife, and it was her birthday and the special gift he got for his wife. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the show, and we are talking about walking with God tonight. And as promised, here's a little story I wanted to share with you. There was a farmer driving down the road one day, and he noticed a sign by one of the local airports close to his farm. And the sign said, experiencing the thrill of flying. So the farmer, he thought to himself, you know what, tomorrow is my wife's birthday. And we've been walking together in this life a long time. I would love for her to experience the thrill of flying. That sure would make a nice birthday present. And the farmer went into the airport and after some time, he finally found a pilot who would take him and his wife on a flight over their farm. The pilot that he found owned a small open cockpit plane. 
And he figured that would certainly give his wife a thrill. But the pilot's price was way too high for him. But the farmer, he bartered with the pilot for a long time, insisting on a lower price. Now, you know about them farmers and they're negotiating. They, they are serious negotiators. So finally, the pilot agreed to lower his price on one condition, that the farmer and his wife had to promise not to say a single word during the entire flight. Hmm. He said one spoken word aloud, however small, would increase the price to the pilot's original fee. The farmer's determination to give his wife the thrill of flying was only surpassed by his determination to spend as little money as possible. So he agreed to the condition. Now the next morning, the three of them took off and soon were high into the air, just flying around, just flying, <laughs> just all over the place. The pilot knew that if he did a few roller coaster dips and turns with the plane, the couple would scream out in the back seat and soon speak out and he would receive the higher price. So with that in mind, the pilot dipped, he turned, he climbed, he dived. He did a few loop-de-loops. I mean, he was just like a stunt pilot. But not a sound was uttered. Not a scream, not a whimper, nothing but silence from the back seat. <laughs> he didn't hear anything from the farmer or his wife. Well, as they were landing, the pilot, amazed at the determination of his passengers, yelled back to the farmer, I can't believe you didn't say something up there. I dipped, I turned, climbed, I dived, did loop-de-loop -loop stuff I've never done. But you two were quiet the whole time. I guess you win. The old farmer shouted back, well, you almost won. You almost won, son. Because I sure felt like hollering when my wife fell out. Hmm. <laughs> I know it's not funny, <laughs> but when you really think about it, it's kind of comical because he didn't say anything because he was so determined on a lower price. That old farmer was determined to get what he wanted on his terms. He got it, but with the result that he probably hadn't counted on in life. As we walk this pathway of Christ, we too can be amazingly determined to have things our way. We let pride and stubbornness get in the way of listening to reason or doing what we want to do or do what we know is right to do. We know what God wants, but we want something else. We want things the way we want things. And before long, there's a battle of the wheels. Our will against God's will. And who will win? The truth is, you may win a battle or two, but you will always lose the war. If you are a strong-willed person with a mind of your own, and there's nothing wrong with having a mind of your own. However, God wants to transform and channel your determination into a determination to walk with and to serve Christ no matter what. Paul said it best when he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2, 5. 
What kind of mind did Jesus have? What kind of attitude? Because that's the translation of let this mind, let this attitude be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus had a certain type of mindset. He had a certain type of attitude. And Paul wanted us to have that same type of mindset. Throughout the Bible, we find that there are several people described as walking with God. But there are two men that actually walked with God in such a way that it is said they walked faithfully with God. In Genesis 5.24, we read that Enoch walked faithfully with God in so much that the Bible says that one day he was no more because God took him. Enoch just walked right into heaven. And when I read and when I study that, my mind can't seem to comprehend that type of relationship between Enoch and God. The closeness that Enoch had with God. No other man is recorded to have that type of closeness. Sure, we read about men like Elijah and how he was taken up in a fiery chariot. But again, here is another man that had a special relationship with God that he did not see death because he was picked up and he rode into heaven. (laughs) Oh, to have that type of relationship with God. Today, we are so inundated with our own issues or the issues of other people that we don't even have time to develop that type of closeness or relationship with God. Yes, we have a relationship with God. I'm not going to dispute that you don't have a relationship with God. But is it the type of relationship that will cause others to write about us that we walked faithfully with God in such a way that we either walked into heaven or was picked up and we rode in? Now, that's some type of closeness and relationship. Hopefully, you have that type of mindset in your life right now that in your walk, It is so faithful with God that when you leave, people will talk about the faithfulness that you have with God. Now, the second man that the Bible says walked faithfully with God was Noah. Over in Genesis 6 and 9, it describes him as a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked faithfully with God. Noah's relationship with God enabled him to escape the destruction of the world by way of a flood. And because of his own closeness with God, his walk saved him and his family. Can your walk with God save you and your family today? I think not. Not in the time in which we live. Everyone has to be accountable for themselves. Oh, it would be nice to be able to save our family members by our own faithfulness. But it doesn't work that way. Because God requires of us to live and act justly to love mercy and to walk humbly with him the best way we know how. This is God's desire for us as stated in Micah 6 and 8. It says, he has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. God desires all of his children to walk with him. 
Walking with God is not an activity reserved for a few select folk. This type of walk is required of us to enter into his glory. There's no other way of you entering into God's glory. Do you not know that our greatest heart's desire should be to enter into an intimate heart relationship with God through faith in his son, Jesus? Hebrews 10, tells us to draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. And how do we enter into an intimate heart relationship with God? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's easy. Romans 10, 9, and 10. Paul writes and he says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. This is not something that we just do on a Sunday morning after a soul-stirring message. The author, A.W. Tozer, states that the goal of every Christian should be to live in a state of unbroken worship. Do you have an unbroken worship with God? Tozer was an outstanding preacher and an outspoken critic on religiosity. Our all-consuming focus is making God our everything, knowing him, hearing his voice, sharing our hearts with him, communicating with him, and seeking to please him. Fellowshipping with him is what we live for. And the only way this is possible is when we walk with God. Amos asked that, can two walk together except they agree? When we decided to walk with God, it meant that we are in agreement with God about our life. Just as Enoch and Noah walked with God, we too are going to have to align our will with his will and seek him every day to consider ourselves, quote unquote, crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20. I have two podcast shows that I do each week. And this podcast, I end with this same scripture after I open the invitation to accept Christ. The writer says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I never close this show without allowing you a chance to receive salvation. You have to understand that perfection is not required because none of us are perfect. Romans 3.10 tells us that, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. So if I were to ask you right now, what is your heart's desire? What would your answer be? I'll give you a little time to think about it. And we'll finish this discussion when we come back right after this.
Welcome back. We left off with this question. What is your heart's desire? Have you thought about it? If it's not to be pleasing to God and willing to allow his spirit to conform you to the image of his son, Jesus, as stated in Romans 8, 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed in the image of his son. Then I suggest reevaluating your current status and examine what it is your heart's desire is focused on. What is your heart focused on right now? Is it focused on your bills? That can happen. Is it focused on your mate? That can happen. Is it focused on your children? That certainly can happen. Is it focused on your career? We all say that we love God. We all say that we want to please him. We all say that we want to obey God. But does our actions and the way we walk exemplify what we say? Only you can answer that. Are we really walking with God in a way that others can see that our lifestyle can no longer be questioned? Oh, that's a good one. Are we really walking in such a way that when others see us, that our lifestyle can no longer be questioned? I have a lot of questions when I see certain people that say they're Christians. I'm like, really? Their lifestyle does not exemplify true walking with God. Their lifestyle really doesn't exemplify their testimony that they walk with God. There was no question as to how Enoch and Noah lived. Many people today that claim they are Christians still walk in the way of the world. You cannot walk with God and still walk in the ways of the world. Sure, you still have friends that are not Christian. You still have friends that are non-believers. But are you living like them still after God has forgiven you, after he's taken you out of the world? Uh, are you still living as if you were still a non-believer? 2 Corinthians 8.27 says, And he walked in the way of the house of Ahab and did evil in the sight of the Lord, like the house of Ahab, for he was the son-in-law of the house of Ahab. You know what? You really have to be careful who you attach yourself to. You look at this story and how the house of Ahab was evil, and everybody that came into that house end up doing evil. You cannot walk in the ways of the world, even if it's in your household. You have to be the example for others to follow. Ephesians 2, 1 and 2 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Can you hear the past tense in this word? Colossians 3, 7. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. When the Bible speaks of walking, it often refers to a lifestyle. How's your lifestyle? Because that's what it's talking about. Your lifestyle. When you walk with God, your lifestyle changes. The way you walk changes. The way you talk changes. What you listen to changes. 
How you smell sometimes changes. There are certain things about you that should change. It allows people to see a difference in you. You know, walking with God is often called walking in the spirit in the New Testament. And when you start talking about walking in the spirit, people start saying, oh, that's a little bit too spooky for me. I don't know about all that. But Galatians 5.16 says, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And in Romans 8 and 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those of you that say that you are born again, those of you that say you are believers now, those of you that proclaim to be Christians, is your lifestyle different now? Have you changed your mindset? Are you still listening to secular music saying, oh, well, there's nothing wrong with it? Well, when you were out in the world, that was your music. But when you came to Christ, he should have changed your taste in music. There's all types of genres in gospel music, Christian music. You want hip hop? There's Christian hip hop. You want country and Western? There's country and Western music. There's all types of genres. You want jazz? It's there. There is definitely something for you when you accept Christ in your life. You know, it's not a boring life. It's boring because we make it boring. There's so many restrictions in the church that people are like, man, I didn't have this many restrictions in the world. Oh, you had them. You just didn't obey them. There's other men that walked with God in the Bible. Abraham was called the faithful. He was inducted into the hall of faith because of his faithfulness. Moses, the adopted son of a godless family who later grew up to consider the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. And he became the deliverer of the children of Israel. We know that story. Job, righteous Job, righteous throughout his whole testing. He did not give in. He didn't compromise. He didn't say, oh, well, I guess I just better turn my back on God. No, no matter what he was going through. And we all know Job went through it. He held his standard and he held on to God and he kept his faith in God. What about Daniel? I call him the courageous one. He never gave up his faith, even in the presence of hungry lions. Never gave it up. He trusted God. David. Oh, man. David. Man after God's own heart. A man that committed adultery, conspired to commit murder, and he was convicted by God of premeditated murder. Seriously. Come on, y'all. Can you hear me? Yeah, I know you can hear me. John the Baptist. He was the ultimate way maker. Jesus said of him, there is none greater because of his lifestyle. John the Baptist's lifestyle, he was radical. Man, we don't have too many John the Baptists today. We got street preachers. We got a lot of street preachers, and we consider street preachers today unorthodox. They're crazy. They're out of their minds. Oh, they're fanatical. Why? Because of their style of preaching the word? Those are modern-day John the Baptist. John the Baptist walked around in camel's hair. He ate wild locusts and honey. You can't get no wilder and radical than that. 
but yet we're fanatical. We're not fans, you know, in baseball, football, basketball. We call them fans. No, they're fanatical too. If we are fanatical for Jesus, they're fanatical for, for sporting. It's all fanatical, but we're we're all fans. I'm a fan of Jesus. You, If I'm fanatical, okay, fine. I'm fanatical. Look at Paul. Paul, the evangelist and the apostle. Mm. He was considered to be one of the greatest evangelists in the Bible because he was, one, not ashamed of the gospel. Many of us are ashamed of the gospel. We're ashamed to let people know that we live for Christ. We're ashamed to let people know that we've given our life to the Lord. There are even some people that are ashamed to be seen praying over their food in a restaurant. They hold their head down like they're looking in their lap and whisper. You don't have to yell it all out. But you can be visible about praying for your food. There's nothing to be embarrassed about because you pray for your food or you pray for your loved one. You pray for your neighbor. You pray for your co-worker. There's no shame in that. Regardless of personal cost, to walk with God means choosing to glorify him in every way we can. And there is a cost. Walking with God also means giving up many of the people you used to hang out with. And with those you still hang out with. The Bible says, blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Psalms 1 and 1. You know, it's not difficult to identify people who walk with God. It really isn't. Because their lives are a stark contrast to the world around them. They're like lights in a dark place. Philippians 2.15 says that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. You are a light in the world now that you have received Christ into your heart. You are a light in dark places. People that walk with God, they produce the fruit of the spirit rather than the fruit of fleshly desires. Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And in Galatians 5.19-21, through 21, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, adulteries, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath self-ambition, dissensions, heresies, evil, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's right there in the word. Look over in Acts 4.13. We read Peter and John had been arrested for preaching. And they were brought before the authorities. The writer says the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special trainings in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Peter and John, they weren't as smart as the council. Those were religious leaders. They spent their life reading the word, staying in the word, reading scriptures and memorizing verses. Peter and John were just ordinary men, fishermen, but yet they astounded them. 
because they said they looked like they were men who had been with Jesus. Can people look at you and say, you've been with Jesus? When we walk with God every day, the world cannot help but to recognize that in spite of our imperfections and lack of knowledge in some areas, we have been with Jesus. That's all I want people to see, that I've been with Jesus. I might not be the brightest bulb in the box, but at least I'm lit. If those that truly walk with God don't stand up for what is right, do you not know California will be the first state to ban the preaching that homosexuality is a sin? It will be against the law to preach it. But by nature, because of our sinful nature, we are cut off from God. Reason being, many have sinned and turned their backs on him. And those that are in government, those that are in legislation, they've been cut off from God because of their sinful nature. But when we come to Christ and commit our lives to him, all of our sins are cleansed by God and we are no longer separated from him. Instead, he makes us a part of his family and we become his children forever. The Bible says in Romans 8, 17, now if we are God's children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Let me close with this. How do we walk with God and grow closer to him and have the type of relationship that draws others? The most important way is by spending time with him. I couldn't stress that more highly. Listening to him as he speaks to us through his word. That's how you hear God speaking to you is through his word. People ask, how do I know God talks to me? Well, you have to read his word because he talks to us through his word and talking to him in prayer. You know, it's just like human relationships wither and die if we never spend time together. So our relationship with God will grow cold if we never spend time with him. Set aside some time every day, even if it's no more than a few minutes at first to be alone with God. Christ is with us every moment of the day. Even when we're busy, we can still talk to God and follow him no matter what we are. Jesus said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. If you've walked away from God, I want to give you an opportunity to come back. If you've turned your back on him and you're listening to this podcast for whatever reason, today's your day. You're listening for this very reason, for you to be able to say yes to Jesus again, to receive him back into your heart, to receive him into your life. I'm going to pray for you, and I want you to pray this prayer, and I want you to believe this prayer for you to receive Christ into your heart as your personal Savior. Heavenly Father, I come to you admitting that I am a sinner in need of rescuing. Right now, I choose to turn away from my sin, and I ask you to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I desire to be set free from the chains of sin and walk with you in the freedom of grace. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that your son, Christ Jesus, died on the cross to take away my sins. I also believe that he rose again from the dead so that I might be forgiven of my sins and be made righteous through faith in him. 
I call upon the name of Christ Jesus and I confess him to be my Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus, I choose to follow you and walk with you. And I ask you to fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. I declare that right now I am a child of God. I believe that you have forgiven me. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Just as Galatians 2.20 says, I am free from sin and full of the righteousness of God. And I declare that I'm saved in Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray this prayer to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, I welcome you to the family of God. From this moment on, start learning how to live a life of faith by finding a good Holy Spirit-filled Bible-taught church so that you can grow in your faith as you walk the pathway of Christ. Write to me and share your story of faith and let me know that you said yes to Jesus. You can email me at lifeswordministry at gmail.com. I would also like to take this time to say thank you again to those that partner with us by sowing a financial seed into this ministry regularly. Because of your generous giving, it allows us to share the gospel throughout the world. If you're not a partner and you would like to sow into this ministry, you can do so by going to paypal.me forward slash life's word ministry. You can also pick up a copy of my brand new book, Pathway to Christ on Amazon. Now here, check this. To receive a personally autographed copy for only $12 and free shipping, you'll have to use your cash app. And my cash app user is dollar sign Malachi Mitch. Or you can go to PayPal at paypal.me forward slash Malachi 660 forward slash 12, the number 12. And be sure to subscribe and follow us right here on LWM Podcast each week. And as I often say, God loves you and I do too. This concludes our podcast for today. Through one podcast at a time, we are helping you to rise up and overcome many of the world's perplexing problems. Remember to love God, love yourself, and love others. Thank you for subscribing and sharing our podcast with others. Until next time, I'm Pastor Malachi.